podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Zero Pucks Given, the UK ice hockey podcast. We are in partnership with the Hockey Art Co. Hockey clothing for hockey people, worn by the best and hated by the rest. Listeners to Zero Pucks Given get a 10% discount off everything site-wide at hockeyartclothing.co.uk. Just use the code ZP10 upon checkout to get your discount. We are also on the Sports Social Podcast Network, the Europe's biggest podcast, sporting podcast network. So many podcasts from different sports from all across the world hosted by everybody from fans to sports stars to media outlets. Absolutely brilliant stuff all over there. You can check that out in the link tree in the Zero Pucks Given social media pages. We do also have a new sponsor that's coming in the next week or so. February 19th, I think their sponsorship goes live, but there will be a post on the social media just to let you know about that because some of the stuff for it is live already. But we'll keep your eyes on the, on the Instagram and the TikTok for that. So this is our episode where we're going to catch up with one of the players from the NIHL 1 division. This is episode 80, and we're going all MK Thunder. It's about time we've got some, someone from that club involved in the podcast. Uh, I know they're, they're sort of their owner and GM, Lauren, has been... We've been conversing over text to try and get a few of their players on board and get a little bit more out of them to find out what's going on there. So we really do have a great deep dive coming up now with their Romanian forward, Mario Kiru. <laughs> Zero Pucks Given in partnership with the Hockey Art Co and on the Sports Social Podcast Network. Absolutely delighted to welcome MK Thunder's Mario Kidu. How are you doing this evening, mate? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me. You're very, very welcome. You are the first MK Thunder player to come on the uh, the podcast, so very happy for that. And, uh, and you've had a, a tough weekend just gone. Obviously, going down to Stretton Redhawks is tough at the best of times, but you quite short benched as well. Got yourself a man of the match, but ha- how was the game for you guys? Um... Well, it's always tough, you know, playing against the uh, top of the league uh, team. Uh, it's, you know, playing at Stratton was actually my first game for MK Thunder. So it was always tough. They always told me, they told me from the beginning that it's going to be quite tough because they're a tough team. They are well drilled. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we had to do what we can do. Yeah. And I've got to admit, the fans of every other club in the league really do admire that with MK Thunder because you do obviously have issues getting the, as big a roster as you can possibly get because when you've got everyone that is available, you, you turn teams over, which is what you've done this season. You've done it to Rockford, you've done it to Oxford. It's You know, you will do it to teams when you've got everyone available, but everyone really does appreciate that your, your team, they don't give up, they carry on fighting, they carry on playing. Yeah. And it's a, it's a monocle that you should all be very proud of, really. Yeah, I feel like um, 
this actually happened. So uh, we had a team, uh, no, we had a game at Solent, mm. our last game with them. And after the game, we were, you know, getting ready to go home and stuff like that. So we kind of like met outside the changing room with them. So, yeah, they were like, oh, you guys just, I appreciate that you guys don't give up regardless of the score, which is, I feel like that's what we tend to do. So, yeah, it's good. And it's noticeable. So when when sort of the teams get put out, if you look down your, your roster and you see that you've got you know, Callum Burr and Ben Davis and Cart Hamill and Cameron Hamill, people are like, whoa, that, 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 that could be a bit harder than they were going to think. So it's yeah. always good to have that little element that you don't know who's exactly. going to be. Um, I remember you, uh, the guys going to Chelmsford last year and turning Chelmsford over four two in their own ring. Oh wow, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no one saw it coming. It's fantastic. But uh, so you've joined MK this year. Uh, you were at the Coventry Blaze in the NHL two last year, were you? Yeah. Is, is that local for you? Is that your area? Uh, well, I do live in Coventry, so it it was about five minutes from me. No, oh, that's a little bit easier, isn't it? Yeah. There's sort of like a forty-five minute trip across the. Uh, Plus the A45 to, to Milton Keynes. Yeah, exactly. So it is kind of tough to go to trainings or uh, games, but I had to commit. Yeah. Did you appreciate the step up in level? Were you ready for it? Yeah. So thing is, uh, I knew there was going to be like a, a step up in like the game speeds wise. And like, actually, it's a bit more contact in here because like the refs are a bit more experienced and they actually allow more contact like physicality to happen in the game. Yeah. So I knew it was going to be quite tough for me because it's my first season in NHL 1. So uh, first game I got a wake-up call. was like, yeah, this is so much different than NHL 2. This is so much faster. This is so much harder. But playing a few games now, I actually think I'm getting used to it. So just trying to go better and better. Yeah. Yeah, have you have you sort of formed any um like instant connections with any of your line mates? Uh, well, yes, because I, I was put on with two line mates that we call ourselves the marathon line, just because we've got like everyone's just telling us like we're hardworking, so yeah, you know we gotta try and keep up the speed. Do Do you think that being obviously Everyone that plays for MK Thunder is fully aware that you are a development team and, and you know sort of your position in in the league and in the standard of UK hockey. Does, does that then mean that tactically is, it's much more about forecheck or backcheck just to try and get that little bit more competitive edge out of you in the game? I think everyone in our dressing room is more than capable of, you know, showing some skills, putting in goals and then the thing is, we are a team that with a lot of young players, and we are also a, kind of like a new team, I would say, because half of the teammates are just, you know, coming from different clubs, coming from different leagues, including myself, coming from NHL 2, stepping up to NHL 1. Uh, so we kind of like have to balance ourselves, you know, within the lines to try and create opportunities. So it's always going to be quite tough, but as long as we stick together and I'm more than positive that we can actually compete with every team in this league. Yeah, and there's not actually a lot of teams that like that big ice that you guys play on. Yeah. The other rinks are quite small. (laughs) Yeah, I think we've got 
I think it's the biggest ice rink in the league. Yeah, Not I think in the, in the Britain division, it, it, it's the biggest one by square foot easily. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we I would say we can use that as our advantage. But, you know, when we go to other clubs, other cities to play, we kind of, like, have to adapt. Just, it is what it is. We have mm. to keep playing. Yeah, I suppose it does keep your fitness up, though, if you're constantly playing on the big ice. You've got a lot of, yeah. stri- lot of strides from blue line to blue line, whereas, you know, go down to Solent, you go blue line to goal in the same amount of strides. Yeah, it is. It, it makes quite a difference, yeah. <laughs> but you're, uh, just like your day job away from hockey is, is fitness related, isn't it? So that's not too much of an issue for you? Um, kind of, because I wanted to go down the uh, fitness coach kind of area, but I'm now I've now ended up just being like a PE teacher and stuff like that. So yeah, gotta keep myself fitness. Yeah, yeah. so you've got uh, plenty of off ice stuff to keep you busy. Fitness yeah. <laughs> but um, so. Your, your time at the Blaze, then, you were, it's the only other club you've played for in England, I believe, looking at your elite prospect. No. no. Have you played no. for other clubs in England? Uh, no, just the Coventry Blaze. Just Coventry Blaze. And uh, so when did you start? Was it in, in Romania? Uh, yes, well, funny story. Uh, when I started my ice hockey career, it was when I was like three years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, because my dad used to love the sport and... Well, his dad wasn't allowing him to play, so that made him uh, want me to get into the sport even more. So as soon as I was like able to walk, he was like, "Yeah, we're putting him, we're putting his skates on, let's get into the ice." So this is kind of like where I started. Is there lots of ice in Romania? I mean, I'm not, I'm quite sort of a worldly person, but I've never been to to Romania. Does it get cold? Do you have ODRs, or is there a lot of? it is, yeah, because like in the summer we we have like plus forty degrees, and in the winter we have like minus thirty. Wow, so, really yeah. both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So did you learn to play on an ODR? Uh, no, <laughs> no, I learned. Uh, there was uh, one ice hockey rink pretty close to me, and there used to be like a lot of games with like the biggest teams in the Romania so I just kind of like went there went after the games trying to skate around in the public zone after that I tried to join teams around and then my dad was actually a coach at that time so when he started the team I kind of like got involved as well yeah is it is it quite a big sport in Romania um I would say Yes, but no at the same time. So other sports like football are more, you know, they've got more fans, more cloud. Uh, ice hockey, since I think 2012, when we had our ice ring, uh, I think it got shut down. So I think that's when the sport kind of like started to go down a bit in Romania. Oh, really? Yeah, but we've got other cities like, there's a city called Brasov, which like their team is quite hyped. They've got cloud. Are you are you Bucharest born then? Yeah. Yeah. So so what what sort of fueled the, the move over to here then? Sorry, sorry? What 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 got you moving over to the UK? Uh well first was my studies. 
so I pretty much came here to study, uh, like towards the sporting uh, path. Yeah. But at the same time, the other reason, which was a good reason, was I wanted to keep playing ice hockey. So because our ice ring was shut down, my parents, well, they tried to go to get me in Canada at first, but it was quite hard with the visa and everything. So we decided to try and move to the UK and then I did apply for Coventry and they said, okay, let's get you into the academy. Let's, let's go for the tryout and see how we go. And yeah, just got here and got accepted and started playing here. Okay. And how old were you then? I, I think I was 14, 15, about 14. And, and you came on your own? Did your parents come with you? Uh, my dad came for first for like a an year and then me and my mom just moved with my dad. So I, I'm here with my family as well. Oh, good, good, yeah. It kind yeah. of sounds like you were uh, like billeting and just sort of being <laughs> bit or in. Yeah, no, I'm I'm here. I've been here with my family since the yeah. beginning. That's not unusual in the sport though, is it really? For, for kids to go travelling around the world virtually on yeah. their own just to try and get different levels of hockey and play in different areas. Yeah, I feel like, you know, if you want to, you just actually um, improve yourself in and get your, you get yourself, like, committed to the game, you have to make some sacrifices. Yeah, they certainly, they, yeah, certainly is a game for that. You know, the time that you have to put in, the travelling. Yeah. So, even in a small country like the UK, it's a lot of travelling up and down. It is, yeah. Especially with junior hockey, there kind of doesn't seem to be any sort of, boundaries for it either it's you know weekend in scotland down to a weekend in uh kingston upon hull or something like that yeah <laughs> but yeah, how did you find it at the blaze then was was there much of a um a sort of a link up to the elite league team um so i played for the academy first team in the academy i think it was yeah under 15 when i came here so under after like the first year they wanted I, I spoke to the coach and he said, uh, okay, you can maybe come to some under-18 games. And then after one season with under-18, I found myself in a position to be able to play for under-20. So I kind of like um, evolved quite quickly, I would say. Um, people around there were great. So lots of like good characters around the team, around the managing staff as well. So I did have my the support that I needed to try and get better and better. Yeah, that's brilliant. And then, um, so the, the move to Thunder then, we, we kind of touched on that a little, little while ago. Was it more, did you want to move up or did the Thunder contact you? Uh, I would say I wanted to make the move because I, well, me personally, I just want to keep improving myself. So I, I don't really want to stop at a certain level, you know, because I want to keep my hockey career as long as possible. I want to keep doing it. So as long as I can, you know, do it, I will always try to move up a level and then weigh out a bit, see how I go. If I find myself, I'm getting used to it, I'm improving, then try and move up again. Yeah. You're very so sensitive say, you are as well. So you kind of got yeah. a, a few options, haven't you? I think you've got a... Yeah. <laughs> Sunny Hole is probably only about 20 minutes away, isn't it? Yeah, I think, but I, I think they had like a full roster, so I wasn't really able to contact them at that yeah. time. 
Do you, do you think there's a lot of that in this country then that to, to get a move you have to put yourself out there and contact uh, yeah. people you're willing to go to? Uh, yeah, depending on you know, because I come from a different country, I don't really know people around me. Yeah. So I do all like most of the time. I, most of the times I find myself you know trying to make an impression or trying to just throw myself out there, see how it goes, make, uh, let people just watch me, just you know. Trying that like let them learn my character and what I can and what I cannot do, and then I'll just have to see what my options are. Yeah. So away from hockey, then you said you're you're a sort of PE teacher and like, like a bit of fitness. Is there any other sports that take your fancy or anything else you do? Um. Well, funny story. When I was in Romania and we had that ice rink shut down, uh, I did have like a thought to just go away from hockey for a, for a while because I just I did wanted to keep myself um, you know fit and keep doing activities so I did a bit of judo as well oh, wow. did a bit of karate did a bit of um, swimming but then that was only for a few months after that when I found out like we still have uh, an option with hockey I was like yeah don't care about any other sport just stick with <laughs> hockey so, is it, yeah. Rugby's growing in, popula- in population in Romania as well, isn't it, I think? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's like most recently, honestly. Mm. Yeah, because it didn't used to be quite big, but now I think it's getting, yeah, more people around. Do you think that could be all the former hockey players, just, just fancy hitting people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just them being used to hit people. <laughs> So you're uh, number 29 at MK Thunder. Is there any reason behind that number? Um, well, the number that I, I still love, but I used to wear back in the day was 23. Mm. So I, everything that I went into, I tried to stick with that number because it was quite like my lucky number. So when I went to, when I moved to Coventry, I asked for the number 23 and it was already taken. So I was like, mm, okay, let, let's think about it. So first thought was like, my dad's born in the 13th. So I was like, okay, that's quite an unlucky number. So let's change that. So I went with 31. Yeah. And then after that, I tried to keep 31 because I feel like I did pretty well at Coventry. Um, but then when I moved to the MK, they said number 31 and 23 are not available. So I was like, okay, I think I'm going to go with 29. That was just instant thought. So I just stuck with it. <laughs> no, the, um, yeah, the 23, I don't know, have they got one? Because it, it was Tom Carlon, I think, uh, last year. So I'm not sure if they've actually got another one this year or they've maybe retired it. <laughs> yeah, probably. But I, I, just, I don't know. I just stuck with 29. I felt like it, it sounds okay. <laughs> So I was like, yeah, I'm getting that. Was that a Michael Jordan thing, the 23? Uh, <laughs> uh, not really, no. It's just my dad used to love the 23 number because he used to wear it when he was playing. Yeah. So I just had like this, I would say, pride in me to just keep that number on the ice, I would say. Yeah. No, that's, that's pretty good. That's wicked. So how's the, uh, obviously, you, you said earlier, and we, we sp- spoke about the, the attitude of everyone at Milton Keynes is just spot on. 
Um, how is the room? Is is there good banter in the room? Good good music, or is there some proper terrible music shouts going on? Uh, no, definitely not bad music. We always game really hot before the game. So yeah. me myself, I'm quite like a laid back kind of person. So I don't really talk much. I don't really. I do try and get more friendly, but I'm just not that kind of person to just shout at everyone in the changing room and just get hyped. But then again, in this type of changing room, I just can't keep myself quiet. <laughs> yeah, there's just lots of characters, lots of energy in, in the team. So it just makes me want to go on rampage. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think as well in, a, in George Howe, you've probably got the tallest player in the NHL one? Yeah. Because <laughs> on skates, what's he got to be, 6'8 when he's on skates? Yeah, I'm just looking at him. Like I feel so small around him. <laughs> do you um do you have anyone at the MK that during training you just if you're going head to head with them you can't get round them? You got any good D men that really give you the give you the treatment? Uh yeah, we I would say we've got pretty good D mans uh, like all around in the team. So there is like Ben Davies who's you know always heads up always where he should be, so it's kind of tough to get around him as well. And pretty much, you know, everyone in the team, when they are doing what they need, what they should do, it's quite hard. So yeah. that makes the training more challenging. Yeah, and you've got a hell of a goal as well, Dan Norton. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Um, he's. I mean, he's obviously, he's kept busy, isn't he? It's not the time, so he's... Yeah. He's, but his shot-save ratio is, is, is absolutely astonishing compared to what actually goes in behind him. So, it's yeah, that is, that is good. So then, for the rest of this season, have you, have you got the Oxford City Stars in your sights? Because it's only four points there. And there's a real possibility, I think, you can catch them up because you face each other again this weekend, I believe, don't you? Yeah, we are, yeah. Because yeah, that, that was your first win in a while, wasn't it, when you went up there and, and beat them 7-2? Yeah, it was a pretty, pretty good game. Good atmosphere, yeah. Yeah, so is that going to be in your minds for this coming week then? You know, we, we, we've beat them before. We've kind of got their number. We get them back on our big ice and we'll uh, we'll give them what for? Uh, well, pretty much, yeah, because, you know, when we've got... We have to, like, get... Sorry. So we need to kind of like get our heads into the game, trying to like we have that mentality that, you know, when we start together and we actually put effort in the game, we can actually compete. We can actually, you know, compete with other teams that are higher up in the league. We've shown that already. So I would say we it is a pretty big game coming up with them. Yeah, certainly what I would be looking forward to because that's been done. Now that you're getting down, everyone's got like 20 games played around that mark. I know you've got, you guys have got a few to sort of catch up to one else. Everyone's now looking at playoffs. Where, where are you going to finish? Who do you want to avoid really in the yeah. playoffs? And you, I think you've got a real chance for you guys to avoid playing straight up. Yeah. You, if you can sort of get that couple of points in and Oxford still have a little bit of a wobble. And that could really, really sort of spice up the, the playoff quarterfinals as we head into the end of the season. Yeah, we do really need to have a good think about, you know, the upcoming game. 
we have to really work ourselves in training, get ready, and then just have a fight. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully not too many. Everyone seems to be getting a two-game ban for fighting at the moment. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I meant, you know, have a fight in the hockey in the... team. But, yeah. <laughs> just get pumped and get ready. Yeah, exactly. Mario Kiru, thank you so much for your time, mate. It's been a real pleasure to have a chat to you about your hockey career. Really glad you're enjoying your, your season with the Thunder. Obviously, you've uh, had, a, had a couple of good, good wins this year. Hopefully, a few more to come, spice up the league. And, yeah, I really hope you're enjoying it and hope the rest of the season goes well for you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Cheers, Mario. A massive thank you to Mario for joining me on the podcast. What a really insightful look at in, in how everything is going at the MK Thunder. From the outside, you might kind of think that, you know, the room isn't the best place to be and that the, uh, the sort of the attitude around everyone isn't great, but that's clearly not the case. Everybody says the same thing. Paints said in his coach's thoughts uh, in the last episode regarding MK Thunder, everyone's just got so much respect for how they just dig in and keep on going. Um, so clearly everything in the room is fine. And then when they get their full team available, as I said with Mario, they can turn teams over and they have done so this season already. And this game on Saturday night against Oxford is absolutely enormous. If they can get that sort of full roster together, get a couple of them two-way lightning players into that roster for that game, there's a real possibility that they can overtake Oxford and get themselves up to seventh. Because um, now, as I said in the last episode, it's all looking at playoffs and looking where you're going to finish and who do you want to who do you want to avoid? You know, if Oxford want to avoid Streatham, uh, sorry, if MK want to avoid Streatham, they can get above Oxford. Might consider they might have a chance against uh, Slough or Chelmsford over two legs. So it's yeah, really is shaping up to be incredible. And that bottom table, bottom of the table race is just as exciting as the top. So once again, a massive thank you to Mario for joining me. Really, really interesting chat. Good luck to him for the rest of the season. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.